to the McCovey Croncast. This is episode 91. We are the greatest Giants podcast ever created. I'm Brian Murphy, former managing editor of McCoveyChronicles.com, the SB Nation blog for the San Francisco Giants. But now I'm just some guy with a podcast. But with me is Doug Brizzoni, who writes his own Giants blog at GiantsDoug.substack.com. Doug, what a week. Am I right? The, uh, our podcast coming back, it's like... Uh, Jordan Poole uh, grabbing on John Rant's <laughs> knee. We just uh, take the Giants week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what we do, right? We uh, we show up, we ruin everything, and then we uh, <laughs> we do it again next week. That's right. It's, we have a bit. We're committed to it. We love it. Everyone else loves it. Uh, and we're so proud. We're so proud of the fine work we do ruining the season for the San Francisco Giants. It's weird because I think we premiered in 2016 when they were good. So, so it's not. Well, <laughs> yeah, but then it took them a while. It took them a while to kind of build up their resistance to us. Cause remember the second half of that season was awful. And that's, that's our fault. We did an episode, uh, long time listeners might remember this, but newer may not. We did an all-star uh, Croncast at the all-star break where we brought, Basically, all the people who have been on the site for a long time on McCoveyChronicles.com brought them in. It was a massive chat. Um, and it, like literally right after that one posted, <laughs> the Giants went in the tank for several years. <laughs> yeah, they did not win a single game for two and a half years That's after right. that. It was rough. Uh, and so I think it just makes sense that the, the moment we come back, they they go two and four. And in the four, they don't look good at all. They, they look pretty terrible. There's a five-game losing streak in there. Feels like they lost six of seven, I think. It was some number five of six for sure. The Nationals beat them around. Uh, Doug, what have been your thoughts? Uh, what, what are your takeaways? What stood out to you this, this past week, this two or four uh. week? What mostly stood out is uh, I wished that they could hit <laughs> um, that, you know, it, it happened the last couple games when they got weighed back and they got uh, and like, yeah, started looking like started looking good. Uh, so the last couple games of the Cardinals were good but before that. They just had nothing like they would come up and take uncompetitive at bats. And then the pitchers would give up like two runs. And they'd be like, oh, God, oh, you idiot. Why'd you give up two runs? We'll <laughs> never win now. Can't do anything with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then fortunately, some of the guys in the bullpen would pick up the other guys in the bullpen by giving up more runs, thus meaning it was not one guy's fault. That's which right. I think was a really nice thing to do. I so think... you wouldn't be focusing on just the one run that Zach Littell gave up. You know, it was everybody. That's right. We we did a, bull, a bullpen trust power rankings last week, and pretty much everyone took a big hit in the week that it, it called into question all of the rankings for the most part. Uh, I think your number one still, still held on to the crown there, but, uh, but so to that point about the offense though, because I really looked into this a little bit, uh, I really dove deep on the surface, <laughs> which means I basically looked at a couple of things and that to me would stand out as, as a problem. The first thing was, I think, if you if people who have been following baseball just kind of at a remove, they might know that there's something going on with the baseballs. They're they're either juiced or they're not juiced, or it's unclear. It really is unclear. For the most part, it does seem like that at least as up till last year, there was basically 
yes, they were putting uh, live balls in other situations. There was some chicanery. It certainly the data suggested. The data this year doesn't suggest that the balls are dead. And, and so the, there's this coefficient data that baseball is proudly trumpeting, which could be BS. There's no question about that. They could be, this could just be a PR thing. So the drag coefficient on the ball is, doesn't look different from last year's. So then it, it comes down to, well, then what's going on with the baseballs? You have some pitchers complaining about them. Uh, there's a humidor for in every stadium now. So all the balls are are supposed to be uh, controlled. I don't, I don't know what that actually does with drag coefficient. I don't know that it – in any case, if the data is the same as last year, at least just on a surface glance, that would seem to suggest that there are other things involved, such as player strength, pitch type, uh, weather, just the, uh, the actual weather. And then you look at the Giants' actual numbers, though, and you basically look at things like their hard hit rates – their, their barrel percentages, their average exit velocities, those types of things. And they're basically middle of the pack in those stat categories. But then you look at something super basic that we can all understand, like, oh, I don't know, runs scored. And they're the fifth highest scoring team. That's through Sunday's games, uh, the 4-3 win against the Cardinals. They've scored 131 runs. The Angels are number one at 139. The Giants are basically the third highest scoring team in the NL, fifth in baseball. Their OPS, though, again, middle of the pack. Home runs, they're they're closer to the top. They're um uh they are they're actually in ninth, but they you know, it, it's basically it's too early in the season to get a sense of is there something wrong with players? I, I totally agree about the uh this past week, but it definitely seemed like it it was a uh, perfect storm of injury um, and and depth being exposed. Like the depth is not the depth maybe we thought it was insofar as, you know, it's great. The Giants have sort of optimized their depth for platoon advantages, but it's not like any one of like the second or third guy on the chart could also potentially fake it as a starter. That's what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, so they, they optimize their lineup for platoon advantages and then all their best left-handed hitters get hurt. That's right. <laughs> and then, so that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, without Belt, without Yaz, without Wade, uh, without Listella, who technically exists, uh, you know, they were counting on those guys to be to be kind of the rocks in the lineup. And they still have Crawford. And, you know, Crawford, he's not going to be what he was last year. He had an amazing year last year. He's, you know, he's, he's still a good player. I'm not insulting him to say that he's not going to be uh, the silver slugger Award winner. Did he win a silver slugger last year? Sure. I'll just say he did. Yeah. I'm not going to check. Why not? Who cares? Um, <laughs> he, he deserved to. Uh, and so they just, that depth is, it's there, but not for that. You know, they can handle one Jason Vossler. And Vossler, by the way, was fine, right? They can handle him at third base, waiting for Longoria to come up. They can't handle Vossler and Luis Gonzalez and uh Kevin Padlow and uh uh Mike Ford. Mike Ford. Uh, I, I literally Ford saw him guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally saw him play last night in Sacramento and I don't remember his name. Uh I mean it's just you all those hits coming at the same time and then the of course the offense is gonna look worse. And then you throw in that catcher has been a black hole. Uh and that it's just hard to get anything out of that. You know, and that's 
they, they understand they're going to be growing pains with Joey Bart. Hopefully they're growing pains and not, oh, we're screwed pains. Uh, yeah, I definitely, but, yeah, that definitely is a big, uh, big question mark with Joey Bart, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, so before the season, before actually Posey retired, I was thinking, you know what they should do is they should trade Joey Bart right now. Yeah. Like, I, I did not believe in him. Uh, I was like, his value's not going to be higher than it is right now. Uh, they'll have Posey for another year. Maybe they'll be able to talk him into like a two-year contract. I was thinking in my head, three more years of Buster Posey, that'd be pretty good. And then that that didn't uh, work out no. the way I wanted. He, he decided to live his life in a way that was good for him, which is kind of selfish, but okay. Uh, I want to hold the Posey Day talk for just a second, only because now you brought the Joey Bart thing, but there was one thing I wanted to point out that I noticed for the week. Uh, but for Joey Bart, I can see what they hope from him. Like I can see the, the pitch selection – seems like it's on its way to being interesting or, you know, it's sort of like, Oh, it, he can kind of hang and differentiate major league pitches. I'd like to see him be able to hit more than home runs. That's <laughs> not necessarily an issue though. If he's, I mean, you don't want a 35 hitter uh, in the, in any major league lineup spot. So if he was a 40 hitter with, you know, 55 or 60 power, that would be, that would be nice. But I really think the defense is a problem. <laughs> uh, there's something there. There's just something that's the the pitch framing. I'm less uh, I'm less concerned about. That seems to be okay. Uh, it just I think it just goes more to uh, weirder things tend to happen when he's back there right now, and that that seems to be adding up in interesting interesting ways that are negative for the time being. <laughs> so. Uh, but I want to point out, speaking to that, to the defensive part of things, uh, the Giants are like one of the, the teams that shift the least, at least against right-handed hitters. They shift a lot against left-handed hitters, and their shifting against left-handed hitters is, does very well. And their shifting overall, for for what little they actually do, is not – they get good results statistically. But what I'm noticing is that, at least visually what I've seen is that what separates the Giants lineup from sort of at least their opponents this year is that the Giants offense compared to their opponents seems to not hit the um, uh, don't doesn't seem to be beating the shift as much. And teams seem to be beating the shift maybe a little bit more than you would expect from, you know, one of the most statistically advanced teams in baseball. That could just be a function of the fact that they're playing with their second and third stringers on defense. But it was just something I noticed you also have Darren Ruff out there playing in the outfield. That's not gonna. That's not going to help you most of the time, even if he can fake it. No, and, uh, and, and you want, mean, yeah, you want Longoria for, third. Yeah. You want you know yeah. you want Belt at first. You want all those things. So it's just I think that's what I tended to notice that stuck out to me a little bit more than that. Yeah, the injuries definitely added up and exposed them in in several areas, and one of those being defense. Which they you look at the FIP of the starting pitchers, Logan Webb's stuff. Logan Webb has not looked great, but his FIP is still below three. It's like 260. His ERA is almost four. Um, you know, there's stuff like that where you, where you can look at it and you can say, ah, okay, there, there's something that is definitely missing here with the, with the drop-off. Yeah, and, you know, hope, the, the hope is that that solves itself when, uh, when guys heal up. Um, Longoria is a very good defender. Um, 
he he'll be back at some point. Uh, I mean, he's he's playing in Sacramento right now. He's rehabbing. He's having his spring training. So, I mean, if it takes a while, it takes a while. You don't want to rush him um, and have him be bad in the majors uh, sooner than you have to. Tommy uh, Lasella not good at defense, but Tommy Lasella not good at defense. But you know, who knows when he's going to be back? That's right. Um, but also, you know, a lot of those guys just were hurt and they're making their way back. Uh, Steven Duggar is not making his way back anytime soon. He's on the 60-day IL, um, and he's probably their best defensive outfielder. But just getting Wade and Yastrzemski and in the same outfield, then you can put in Slater or Dubon, or you can even hide Ruff a little more because the center fielder can cover more ground, um, and that'll work. Uh, it's just without sort of without starting from that solid base, which the Giants couldn't do when everyone was on the COVID IL, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and I touched on this a little bit last week, and I think even a week like this, it's it's so early in the season, It's this is not a complaint. It's simply if they have another situation like this, a weird, uh, an unfortunate clustering of left-handed hitting injuries or just their number one and number two guys on the depth chart being ineffective or, you know, whatever it is down the line and oh it's baseball that's probably going to happen <laughs> you would like to think that instead of having to buy the kevin padlows and mike fords that they'll actually be able to bring up elliot ramos or some of their other actual minor leaguers that they sort of that this plan sort of hinges on uh to be contributors it's so early in the season it's not uh an issue now but you know if not this year the next year it's going to be a problem if then if they reach down in the minors and they they don't get the production they need, you know, we're still in, suddenly we're still in the um, Bobby Evans era and that's a big <laughs> problem. So uh, yeah, it's, it was, a, it was a rough week for sure, but at the end of the day, they're on like a 91 to 93 win pace on a team. That's probably still an 83 to 87 win on paper talent going into the season. So that, that that's the analysis. I would say it's been a rough week. The Dodgers being better than the Giants is not a huge surprise to me. I don't know about you. So, <laughs> so I mean, the, the Dodgers being being good is never a surprise to yeah. you. That's you wake up with like there's a giant poster above your bed that says the Dodgers are better people and baseball players than the Giants. No, I never think you say yes. people. No, I didn't okay. say that. that's a tease for later. Actually, <laughs> we're doing a ranking of sort of the most loathed players on other teams. Uh, I, I don't know if it's giant killer or just guys I don't like. I don't know. I haven't decided. We'll figure it out as we're doing it. But uh, no, I don't think the Dodgers are good people. And that stinks because I really liked Freddie Freeman. But, uh, you know, the, but to that point, the Dodgers in the offseason gained Freddie Freeman and the Giants lost Buster Posey. So I, I, I think the idea that the Giants somehow kept pace with the Dodgers gets wiped out just by that by that one transaction, by those two transactions, really. Um, so not a big surprise. But speaking of Buster Posey, the Giants had Buster Posey Day this past Saturday. There's a, a lot of speeches uh, in true Giants Oracle Park style. Uh, big, big celebration. Lots of uh, fa- franchise favorites, favorite uh, faces, I mean, of the franchise type guys. Uh, Bruce Bochy was even there. I'm just kidding. He's one of the faces of the franchise. Uh, and giving speeches and honoring Buster Posey, who looked uh, amazing. He looked like he was in Tenet. <laughs> he was wearing almost the same suit that uh, that uh, the lead in Tenet was wearing, John David Washington. <laughs> uh, he looked really sharp. 
And, he was uh, he was very tan. Very by the way. tan. Yes. He took he took time off from baseball to really <laughs> hit up the tanning bed to work on and his you know, tan. Yes. If that's if that's his dream, then I'm happy for him. I I think the George Hamilton path proved to be pretty successful at the end of the day, uh, and so I don't know. I, I think it's. At this point, Giants fans have their own memories of Buster Posey. I, I want to, to acknowledge it. I think the Giants finally sold out. That was a little funny to me the, uh, the week leading up to it. It was sort of like, there's still tickets available. <laughs> this guy you all love who's not coming back. Uh, you can still see him one more time. Uh, I, I just wanted to mention it just because I feel like we've talked about Buster Posey many, many times. But now, because we had our gap years... Now's the perfect time to come back and just lay it out, the Buster Posey idea. Um, I, I mean, so give me, give me 30 seconds on Buster Posey, Doug. What does he mean to you? What does he mean to anything? <laughs> um, so I, I was there for the, uh, that, the 2010 game one of the, of the playoffs against the Braves, which, you know, is the Tim Linscombe game, right? Right. And it's the Tim Linscombe game where he struck out 15. He was absolutely dominant. Um, I, c- I could write scholarly essays on that game. Uh, but the, the thing that you kind of, the other side of that is Buster Posey was the catcher. And Buster Posey was the one calling it. Buster Posey and Linscombe working together, like created that game. And they were obviously the catalyst for the championship that year. And Buster Posey also uh, had Schrodinger's stolen base, where he both did and did not steal the base. That's right. Um, but, you know, he got the call. That he he scored after uh, Cody Ross singled him in, and that was the only run of the game, and the Giants won. And so you think about Buster Posey, and that not only was he their best player during the regular season, but he was also the force that led them at, during the playoffs. Um, and so he he really was that era of Giants baseball, which is now, you know, Crawford and Belt were there for it, but I think it's pretty clearly a, a different era. Um, I think it's the Farhan era now. Uh, like you said, Farhan is the smartest person to ever have anything to do with the game of baseball. And he is the team. The players are merely extensions of his brain. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> And so it makes sense that Posey wouldn't be around for that. Um, not that he would be bitter about it. Not It just sort of emo- makes emotional sense. It's a thing that writers will talk about when they're making a story. They're like, does this make logical sense? No, but it makes emotional sense. So I stuck with it. And you're like, yeah. And it makes emotional sense that Buster Posey would go away. Um, when's Farhan's team? And so you think about the championships, the 2012 was, you know, again, he was the one who delivered the final blow to Matt Latos. Um, and I think about 2014 and he was, but Posey was done by the time they got to the world series in 2014. Um, he was, he could not hit by the end. And it, if you remember, uh, the, like that hug with Bumgarner at the end where Posey was just exhausted Oh yeah, he, he went on MLB Network at the end, like after the, a few hours after the game, like just doing there, sitting at the desk talking to the whoever the hosts were, and he was like giddy. He was he was so tired he couldn't keep up the Buster Posey facade, <laughs> um, and that was that was so fun to see just that one time because that's basically the only time it ever happened. <laughs> um, yeah, even in the speech, it was very, and his jokes were very, I'm not going to deliver this joke as a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I will definitely miss him on the field. You can't, it's, it is not something that anyone would ever expect for Joey Bart to replace him on the field as a player. Um, that's a, that would be a very unfair <laughs> hope. And I don't think anyone has it, but uh you know, 
as a fan, you will definitely miss him on the roster, in the lineup, and just sort of as an everyday presence. Yeah, and to me, he's the promise of every kid who has, um, you know, he's basically Will Clark, what, what Will Clark was to me, so many people and what Barry Bonds was to so many people. I'm talking about kids, but also, I mean, he wasn't as talented as either of those guys, but he was in different ways. You know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't hit quite as well as they did, but he did so many other things. And so to me, he always just stands out as like, man, what a, what a perfect uh, figurehead or heroic baseball player. When you think about what they're supposed to be, I would argue that he was absolutely as talented offensively as Will Clark. Okay. I'm fine. I'm just I'm, yeah. my my point. I mean, the, my larger point was he was more successful. <laughs> like he, he was more. He, he was, brought. Yeah. He brought. At the end of the day, he landed the plane. He got. He got the team. He basically completed the arc of every kid's baseball hero of you know saving the day, winning the World Series, and sort of being someone you could look up to and all that stuff. Uh, and all this. All the the childhood nonsense, you know, when, when we're talking about baseball, but it seems like it matters, you know, he made, he made an, uh, a hard game look easy sometimes. And when it looked hard, he was able to sort of fight through and, and rise above it. So he sort of had those two elements going where he could, you could see that he could impose his will. And when it was pushing back, he could fight it, fight against it. I know he, he the joke was uh, he's captain America. He definitely had captain America vibes. That's for sure. Um, but the, I think the bottom line is, uh, it's going to be, he's not a, a common figure, at least in, in giants history. Okay. Uh, I don't want to get into this too much, but it's like Willie Mays, obviously the, the shining, the shining light. He's, you know, he's number one, you know, Buster Posey is somehow now up in the stars in the strata with him. That's, that's, uh, what we had hoped for. I think when the giants drafted him. And uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. what you hope for from every prospect. Yeah. And it never and it never happens. Never happens. Right. right. Like yeah. you, you dream big, you know, it's not really going to happen. And then just one time in a thousand, it does. And that's Buster Posey. Yeah. And I and I don't think Joey Bart has those expectations, to be perfectly honest. And my own expectation of him was like, could we get 75 percent of Buster Posey <laughs> as a peak? That's not amazing, but it's like, could could he be there? And uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But uh, speaking to that Giants draftees, I, I make all these notes and then poorly transition into them. It was pointed out that Buster Posey is only as five, one of only five Giants to have been drafted by and play their entire career for the Giants. Uh, do you know? I gave you the list, so I can't really. You, you did, you. though. Yes. I was a little confused. I was like, how does how is Matt Cain not? On this list, yeah, I don't know either because it should be him. So I'm not entirely sure what the what the metric was. I was just going off of what the Wikipedia thing said and what someone else said. That means there's six. So that messes <laughs> up my five pattern. But it's basically Matt Cain, Buster Posey, uh, Jim Davenport, Scott Gereltz, Robbie Thompson. Um, that's that's great. That's uh, <laughs> you know, it's a shame that it's it's not Willie Mays on there, but. <laughs> You know, yeah. but, uh, but that Salavi and that that's Sela uh, baseball, I guess. It's, uh, yeah, but it it was nice to have him back, and and yes, absolutely, it revved up the Giants' offense and uh, and got them going. I think because that's that's his power; he's able to. They, well, they didn't want to look bad in front of him. 
And and they were like, well, if we score a lot of runs, we'll also be out here a long time and we can catch up to him and close the tan gap. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. We'll be back right, back right after this break to get into our list of loathsome players on other teams. All right, Doug, I gave you this with no prep, uh, no other notes other than just a list of the teams in the National League. But I want to try <laughs> to, you know, this past week, really, the Giants played the Dodgers at the Cardinals. And as I'm sure most Giants fans can attest to, there are quite a number of players on both of those teams who we do not like. <laughs> we don't like them either because they they crush the Giants. And let's say the case of Paul Goldschmidt. Really, mainly against Tim Lincecum, but let's just leave that there. And then the Dodgers, it's like, you know, the concept of the Dodgers is the most loathsome part of them. So it could be anybody there. So uh, I want to try to just do a list of all the NL teams, of all the players for this year that we know. I want to try to do pick one for each team. I don't want this can go on forever and everyone's going to have their own. But let's see if we can try to decide on who is the, the most loathsome player on these other teams and you might have your own criteria and I'll, I'll hear it out. Um, but let's start with the team. They just faced the Cardinals. Um, I saw Yadier Molina and for some reason I got really upset about it. <laughs> and that inspired this entire yeah. bit. Yes. I feel like his tat, his neck tattoo keeps growing. I got Yeah. Okay. It, all right. That, uh, that's not the thing that annoys me about him. And actually all the stuff that a lot of the stuff that annoys me about him is sort of how other people think of him. I kind of thought that Benji Molina wanting a buster hug on Sunday actually made me dislike Yadier Molina less. Because I'm like, okay, at least your brother's cool. So, <laughs> so I, I'm taking him out of the running without okay. Lincecum. It can't be Goldschmidt. And Nolan Arenado is just like purely good. So I'm going to go with Harrison Bader because that guy annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's very annoying. I'm I'm sticking with Arenado. I, I'm scared. Okay. You all scarred right. me. You know, all those years with the Rockies every time. Every every time. Yeah. Uh, there was there was a play on uh on Saturday. I was listening on the radio at the time, and uh it was a pop-up that somebody hit, and uh Dave Fleming on the call and Fleming goes, Arnado having trouble finding it. Uh, he goes back and makes the catch. And I was like, <laughs> Dave, why do you even say that? We knew he was gonna make the catch. Well, why? Why even try to give us false hope? It didn't work. <laughs> I'm going to join you on that because I, I was like, is it fair to hold someone who's just supremely talented, hold that against them? And and I think I agree with you. Yes, yes, it absolutely yeah, is. It is. <laughs> and even this week when uh, and even this weekend when he was making outs, they were loud outs. And it's just like, shut up. Just stop <laughs> exactly. it with your with your 400 on base percentage and your 600 slugging percentage, even though you're not playing in Colorado. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah yeah just shut up uh all right so that's fine that's fair let's uh let's do the dodgers since they also play the dodgers so actually no let's save the dodgers till the end that's that's better um because that that might give us time might get tired enough that we'll just more easily land on the answer there. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's let's see um let's run through the rest of the central then since we're already there and i i kind of feel like the uh brewers are going to be tougher to to figure out here um, I nominated last time. Let's hear who you got. Uh, so the Brewers, I mean, look, the natural pick is Josh Hader uh, because of all oh, that yes, stuff that happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I want to just kind of avoid that. I want it to be a little more giant specific, right? Yeah. 
And you know who just always seems like he gets the Giants out is, uh, well, Josh Hader, but also uh, Brandon Woodruff. I swear every time Brandon Woodruff comes in, it's a one, two, three inning before you've blinked. Yeah, I was I was leaning that direction. I was also going to say uh, Lorenzo Cain always seems to be slumping when the Giants get to him and then he's still able to knock off a series where he has two hits in every game. Um, But but I like Woodruff Woodruff. Would be yeah, the thing about the thing about Kane is the Giants beat him in the World Series. That's right. Yes, so. that's exactly that's right. That's exactly yeah. right. All right. Uh, all right. So the the Pirates. This is good. If if anyone has any issues with this, you can you can send us a, a message. We want to do a a mailbag one next. So uh, podcast soon. So that's fine. Um, if you have any complaints or suggestions, so the Pirates you would think are is difficult, but I actually think uh, as much as as it's easy to say Brian Reynolds because he, he crushes the giants for trading him. Um, I, I think it's pretty simple to say it's Cole Tucker. <laughs> Cole Tucker seems to have big games against the giants and, and he looks and well, the looks are less important. I just uh, look at him and I go, man, he doesn't have a 300 on base percentage, except it seems against the giants. I'm going to pull up his, his stat line against the giants now because my, my impression of Cole Tucker is that whenever the Giants face him, he has a big game. So that's what I'm So against the Giants, Cole Tucker has hit 353, 353, 824. Yeah, yeah. In 17 plate appearances, yeah. he has six hits, including three doubles, a triple, and a homer. I thought, I think his first hit was a home run, or he had a, fir- a home run in his first major league game. Um, yeah, against, yeah. It was against the Giants. So it's, to me, it's Cole Tucker. I, I think that's a good pick. I mean, Reynolds, Reynolds is a natural pick. Uh, shout out to Chris Stratton and his four scoreless appearances. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, just in terms of pure concentration of their talent, because at least Brian Reynolds is good against everybody. Yes. Um, but Cole Tucker is, if you look at his his stats, he's basically only good against the Giants, Phillies, Marlins, and Braves. And he's better against the Giants than anybody else. Yeah, it's he's picking on us. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not fair because he's actually a bad baseball player. So, yeah, <laughs> the Giants are padding his stat line to not be a complete you know cast off. So, <laughs> uh, the Cubs. So the Cubs are tricky because they've sold off so many of their players. Um, I, to me, John Lester was right up there back in the day. Um, the guy who just retired, who was who then went to the Phillies. See, I blacked out his name. This is what being away from writing about baseball for <laughs> years does. Um, oh man, Jake Arrieta. Oh god. <laughs> oh yeah, he was pretty low. Yeah, they they're right up there. And then they look. I like Jason Hayward. Seiya Suzuki seems cool. Um, I guess. I guess I'm. And then also they don't have. Um, they don't have Javi Baez anymore. So it's like, they, all right, well, they've gotten rid of all the guys who obviously are annoying. And Brian, I they still have one. They still have one guy from their good years. And that is. And he kills the Giants. <laughs> and it's Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks. That's the guy. He, he throws like 86 miles an hour and the Giants cannot hit him. Uh, I looked it up because I was like, they must. he must dominate the Giants, right? Yes, he does. 229 ERA and 10 starts. 63 innings. He has struck out 53 and walked 19. Uh, I don't like that guy. And you would think that uh, a far anxiety team would be able to handle him. No problem. And has not been the case. They can't. 
Yeah, they can't. They can't. They just he just flusters the the math. It just they can't yeah. do it. Uh, but you know, kudos at the same time for the Cubs for clearing out a lot of their annoying players. I mean, they still have one of the worst owners ever, but you know, good for them for clearing cleaning some house there. But hey, so do we. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> we're gonna probably wind up doing a whole podcast about that at some point. Um, and and if you are a visitor of Doug Substack, which you actually absolutely should be, he has already gone through a lot of the ownership group and and painted pictures of of their personalities. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Okay, so the Reds. You would think, oh, why pick on the Reds? Well, the Reds have Hunter Strickland on them, and that that <laughs> seems like enough. That's for me. it. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say that uh, Aramis Garcia will absolutely hit a game-winning homer against the Giants this year, and, and um, he will crush it. And we no, he'll demolish it. You will know it off the bat, and you'll. And uh, the answer is still Hunter Strickland. Yeah, uh, Tommy Pham. I I'm like, do do we have beef with Tommy Pham? I felt like maybe there was something, but it doesn't matter. I Hunter think he has beef with everyone. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as soon as uh, I saw that he was on the Reds, I was like, well, that's that's pretty simple. All right. So that's the central. It's pretty, pretty um, at the taken together. The AL cent- or the NL Central, not not particularly loathsome. Hunter Strickland for sure waits it. And as you mentioned, Hater is in there. But I and but again, it's mainly kind of pure talent for the most part. There's guys who are just good against the Giants. It's kind of annoying. Um, all right, let's switch over to the NL East. The Mets just got done handling the Giants. Uh, I my secret confession is that I like the Mets. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're a sick, sick individual. I I think it's always because for years it's like I don't have to care about the outcomes, and they're the Giants' cousins. So why not? <laughs> you know what's what's the problem? I don't really need to like get into it. I like. Pete Alonzo, Francisco Lindor seems cool. I've always been a fan of Buck Showalter, um, who's a very funny guy. So I do have a nominee, but I think you should go first since I jumped right to Hunter Strickland. And maybe it's the <laughs> same guy. So. Uh, I mean, it's it's tough. Um, like, I remember a lot of games where when Adam Ottavino was with, was with the Rockies, mm-hmm. where he would just throw that unhittable slider. Um, but... I have to say, I'm scarred by what Starling Marte did last year. Oh, interesting. I have to battle you. Mark Canna. Yeah. He yeah, crushes the Giants. And I seem to remember him getting into it with the Giants for how he reacted when he absolutely crushed a home run against them in San Francisco a couple of years ago. Uh, or it was the last right. year. Maybe it was even remember. last year. Yeah. All right, so Starling Marte versus Mark Canna. Do we have a tie here? I don't know. Also, Mark Canna grew up a Giants fan. He's like a big Giants. He was a Giants fan. Oh, so he's a traitor is what you're saying. Right, but also I remember looking at this right before the Mets series, and my recollection is that his line against the Giants historically has not been – like it's not – he has not hit better against them than he has other teams – but I'm also only looking on baseball reference, and I, I want to know if his win probability added against the Giants is greater than it is against other teams, because that would seem like it'd be more fitting. But you're sticking with Starling Marte, who's also a great player. So um, I'm going to call us a tie, because I feel very strongly about this Mark Canna. <laughs> I, you know what? I can, I can defer to you on Mark Canna, just because uh, Starling Marte hasn't actually been that good against the Giants in his career. It was just last year he, he crushed them. 
So it can be Canna. All right. I'll throw you a bone. All right. That's that's fair. Now we get into the Braves. And that this seems like it should be pretty easy, too, because, you know, it's the Braves. Um, the fans. That's the most list. <laughs> the fans, that's right. Braves fans. So the fans. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think I think in the same way that um, you can't really. I mean, Josh Hader has his own off the field issues. Marcelo Zuna also does, too. So I don't necessarily want to, we can, maybe it's Marcelo Zuna, maybe, but uh, I want to see for a second if there's someone else we can find. It's to me, I it's think just there like, is. Okay. But for me, it's just with the Braves. And I think of the Braves, like, oh, I don't like any of these guys. And I really get pleasure out of the Giants beating them <laughs> <laughs> just as a team. But who do you have? <laughs> um, so it's interesting because this isn't for anything he's done with the Braves. But you'll know what it's for because Kenley Jansen is on the Braves. Yeah, that's I was leading that way, but so then this is my it's an, thing. It's an easy pick, like, <laughs> but <laughs> the former Dodgers is there. I was like, I also feel like the Giants have had some big moments against Kenley Jansen, which almost tips it out. But I I would agree with that. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, but man, the Braves, God. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was someone on the Braves who I could point to who is more Bravesy, you know? Yes, you know, and then they've got Adam Duvall, who's like only who only does well when he's with them, and it's like <laughs> uh, I don't. Alex Dickerson, by the way, if you guys didn't know this, listening folks didn't know this. Alex Dickerson was briefly on the team this year, um, and he hit one twenty one, one ninety four, and two twelve. The Giants yeah. really did squeeze whatever baseball was left out of <laughs> in those 60 games or whatever it was uh, where he hit really well. But uh, all right, the Phillies. Uh, this is fun because it turns out that the ones I really don't like, I really, it kind of is enough to make me seem like I have beef with all the players in the cross league. That's not totally true. Um, all right. So the, the Phillies, the Phillies are a weird team because they're sort of, uh, they're obviously trying to be good, but they're trying, but they're obviously making decisions. They're obviously trying to be good. And yet they're making decisions that are not going to help them. So they're essentially loading their lineup up with DHs, which means they're not going to field as well. Well, when your pitching's quite, not quite as strong as it ought to be, and you're playing in a bandbox of a park, this seems like a recipe for disaster. So in my mind, uh, the Phillies, uh, they're like, we're trying to get in shape. And they said that you're supposed to carb load either before or after you work <laughs> up and they're just eating candy. So, <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say, they said you're supposed to carb load either before or after you work out. So they're doing both. Yes. <laughs> that works too. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think there's an answer here and you might have it. Uh, do you, it's James uh, Segura. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go Sam Coonrod. Is he on the team? Wait a minute. He, yeah, he's on the 60-day IL, but uh, he is definitely a Philly. Yeah. Sam Coonrod. Yeah, we're in the Hunter Strickland zone here. Yep. That's, yeah, we are. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's an easy one, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what'll be annoying about the Phillies is that that's a team the Giants should do well against. And if there's there's struggle against them, it's just a surprise, but... Um, all right, the Marlins. Uh, so hold on, before we move on to the Phillies, I think we agree it's Sam Kernard. I do want to give a shout out to Brad Hand, who was on the Phil- the Padres for like 18 years and shut up the Giants every time he faced them. 
<clears throat> I did not. I don't have recollection of that I thought he was on uh, the Guardians or he was on Cleveland for a long he, time. Uh, okay, I forgot he was he on the Padres. He wasn't on the Padres for that long. It yeah. just felt like it because he <laughs> shut down the Giants so much. Yes. Uh, okay, that's <laughs> this is a tough one. The Marlins because the Marlins death fog is real, and uh, <laughs> and so it could be any of them or none of them. It's it's just who they are. The the, so Marlins. the thing about the Marlins for me is the guy who I want to say, I like him too much to say it. Jazz like, I Chisholm? Like, I like Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, but I think it's got to be him. I like him too. Yeah. But yeah, he absolutely but I mean, kills the Giants. And so we don't have a reason, choice. Yeah. yeah. For that reason, we we loathe him. I mean, there's an honorary figure, Don Mattingly. So. Oh, that's a, yeah. It's good old Donnie two times. That's right. Uh, I have to make a confession about Don Mattingly. He was being interviewed and uh, on something... And for whatever reason, however he was speaking, I can't even remember what he was saying, whatever the answer was. For a moment, it's like I could see through the veil. And I was like, oh, he seems like he's probably kind of a nice guy just doing his best. <laughs> like I had that moment of insight and it, and then I quickly pulled back and I'm like, nah, screw him. <laughs> that was a close call. It was a close call. You were almost lost. Yeah. But I, I guess to... To that point, though, it's like you can understand why he's stuck around wherever he's been, that there's something about him that connects or whatever. But yeah, him make help, you know, but then that just ties in. He's helping make Jazz Chisholm better. Screw that guy. Right. <laughs> there's always a way to get there. Uh, coming into Sunday's games, Jazz Chisholm slugging 602. Amazing. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> six six doubles, nine triples, so nine, and then four home runs. So that's thirteen. So half of his hits, he's got twenty six hits, have been extra base hits. Oh my god! <laughs> <sighs> oh boy! So the Giants got a little lucky in the opener because he did some damage, but it wasn't actually he did quite a lot of damage. So. All yeah. right. Uh, the the Nationals are weird because they really slapped the Giants around in the in the revenge weekend series last weekend. Um, and they're sort of rebuilding. So it's sort of like, uh, who cares? Why do you hate it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I, um, I, yeah. I think there's it's also sort of like there's a guy on a team on the team I don't like. But it, again, it's for off the field stuff. So and him being really bad for the Nationals doesn't make me dislike him. Patrick Corbin is who I'm talking about. Oh, um, right. So then you look at the rest of the roster and it's, a, what, why am I going to hate on Nelson Cruz? Why am I going to hate on Lucius Fox? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Vic, Victor Robles does better against the Giants than most other teams. And there's our answer. Not, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's our answer. It's Victor that's Robles. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to go back to the <laughs> out-of-the-park baseballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why <laughs> the Robles in the game is in all the things he's tantalized. He's one of those players that the the model tantalizes you with. It's like, oh, he's an 80 grade defender in center field. He has the potential to like hit 60 or whatever, like and he's fast and all that. And he's supposed to be good. And then no matter what situation and I have simmed many different seasons, it's basically what happens where he in the regular season right now, he's hitting 233, 288, 315 for a 603 OPS. 
And against the Giants, you know, he's he's not that. He's much better. <laughs> but basically, in all the so Victor Robles for both digitally and really. <laughs> Screw there we go. Guy. We found we found one, and we're going to move on before we think about it too much more. He could have. He yeah. He, he just couldn't help himself. All right, so now we're in the NL. Let's go with the Rockies or the NOS. Let's go with the Rockies. The Giants are facing. That's tough in in a way because they've also been cleaning house. Although, did I really dislike Trevor's story that much? It was still Arenado while he was there. So this is good. There's like a chance for someone new to step up and fill the void. Um, I kind of want to just point out if anyone hasn't been following along with the Rockies who. <laughs> Currently, I have either the same or record or slightly better record than the Giants. Uh, one more win than the Giants. Uh, that Connor Joe is on the Rockies. Don't forget. And he's got an 826 OPS. Farhan was right. Yes. <laughs> Just took a while. Just took a while. <laughs> Just took a while. Chris Bryant, obviously still. No reason to hate Chris Bryant. He, he, no. didn't, he didn't do that great when he was with the Giants, but so what? But he, you know what? He did great in that in the series against the Dodgers, which is the most important time for him. That's right. I mean, what he's he was the best hitter that series. Uh, and then just from the pitching side, I'd like to say that Her- Herman Marquez, the fact that he uh, I mean, he's not having a good season right now. And it's tough to dislike that guy only because he's been pretty good for them over his career. Also, the Giants have hit him pretty well. This is why I'm talking things out, because I have actually landed on who it is. Uh, Kyle Freeland, also a guy that's just like. You know, guys who can make it in 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 Colorado as pitchers, I don't actually begrudge them because that's hard to pitch in, and you're going to get paid well if you can actually pitch well there. But that doesn't excuse Antonio Senzatella, who just drives <laughs> me crazy. Who objectively, since he's been with the Rockies, has seemed to handle the Giants in a way that defies what his stuff looks like. So that's my nomination. So, um, so <laughs> you know, when you look at the roster, the the first name that like jumped out at me at least was uh, Charlie Blackman. And I was like, but has he actually been that good against the Giants? And he hasn't. Yeah. Like he's, he's been okay, but he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been that good. He's been worse than against most other teams. Yeah. Um, so I kind of got rid of him because you can't, can't be mad at a guy for being generally good. Um, but then I was like, you know who I think has played three games against the Giants and hit eight big homers against them uh, is CJ Cron. CJ Crohn's disease. Hmm. CJ Crohn's disease. <laughs> um, so I looked it up and he has hit, he has a 928 OPS against the Giants and with four homers in just 70 plate appearances. I feel like Ryan McMahon has also similarly, hold on. I, I'm going to go with CJ Crohn. That's a talent one because he doesn't actually bother. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Senzatella actually bothers you. Yeah. Senzatella is like, how is he doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with CJ Crone then. Also, as a warning for the Giants this week, because uh, this, this is not a case where this is not uh, Victor Robles' disease. CJ Crone is hitting 320, 366, 670. That's a 1036 OPS this year. He's got nine home runs in um, in 112 plate appearances. So he's a huge threat. Um, he's their best hitter by far right now. So. That's yeah. that's great. That's and, that's and he did it against the Giants first. They were trendsetters. That's, that's right. Uh, let's see the Padres. Sure, we'll do the Padres next. <laughs> so we'll do the Padres. It seems like you could reach into this bag and you could pull out. I think we've underestimated just how obnoxious the Padres are. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at this roster and there are there are a lot of good candidates. You know, it's it's impressive. They've really assembled a murderer's row of guys to just loathe. I, I mean, um, Jace Tingler uh, is was their manager last year. I know he's not there anymore. He was not annoying. He replaced one of the most annoying managers of my lifetime, Andy Green, so, who would have been my number one if he was still with them. But he's not. I, I forgot Andy Green existed. But if Bob, I'm being honest. Bob Melvin, I actually like quite a bit. So it's like, all right. So they've got a good face and he's covering up a lot of crap. So. <laughs> But I mean, between Manny Machado and Will Myers, uh, and and uh, see, then we're getting right into guys I actually kind of like, or I, I, or that's talent anger. Is it worth disliking Trent Grisham if he just beats the Giants? Yes, I say. Yes, it is. It's one hundred percent worth it. And I would say that Trent Grisham is the number one guy. <laughs> I have, if no one wants to believe me. I just want to point out that he hit a walk-off home run in Oracle Park. Oh, God. <laughs> Which, by the way, ended up yes. keeping the Giants yes. out of the playoffs that year. Yes, yes. Uh, Trent Grisham, I believe all of his career highlights have been against the Giants because he was the player in the playoffs for Milwaukee in 2019 that misfielded that ball hit into the right into right field that caused the Brewers to lose the game. And he was traded in that offseason. And it's obviously all the Brewers fans like, this is devastating. He's a great fielder. And now the Giants fans all the time are like, we know. It sucks. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> uh, he's got some Arenado energy in that regard. But also, hitting-wise, he's having a terrible offensive year. Uh, and now I'm I'm going to the team splits. But I, see, uh, people might get annoyed and do the research. It's like, I just know it in my bones that he he's – been good against the Giants. He has been good against the Giants. That um, it depends on how you want to look at it. Do you want to define <laughs> it by the other teams in the in the? Um, so against the Giants, I'll just say that he's played 28 games, 121 plate appearances, 280, 322, 533 for an 855 OPS. He has four home runs. That's not the most against other. He has uh, more home runs against the Rockies, five. Is 19 RBI. That's it. He has 19 RBIs against the Giants versus all the other teams. The next are the Rockies with 16. He's also played three more games against them. Um, I'm going with Trent Christian. <laughs> I mean, look, shout out, obviously, to Machado. Oh, yeah. Uh, to Will yes. Myers. Yes. Shout out to Eric Hosmer. Uh, <laughs> all very annoying in their own ways. But if this is about players who you loathe, and Brian feels so strongly that he loathes Trent Grisham, I don't think I have any right to deny him this. I, I mean, listen, there are people, I think I've said this on Twitter and people have been like, yeah, but it's, it's like, he's good. You know, it's not like he's being annoying. And it's like, but then who are Manny Machado is also just, he's a good baseball player. We have to accept that he's a good baseball player. Will Byers. I don't know. That's, he's not a good baseball player. He's sometimes <laughs> good against the giants. That's true. But then you got a guy like Jake Cronenworth, and that's probably the next guy if you were to dismiss Grisham for just talent. And I'm like, Cronenworth does annoy me, but <laughs> but he is has he been that much better against the Giants than he, he has not. Yeah, I so, thought of him and looked it up. Yeah, um, I, I do want to give a shout out to Adrian Morahone, who I don't remember what he's done, but I know he's done something <laughs> that I didn't like. 
And I think that's the essence of this exercise. I think that's also true. It's supposed to be irrational. So yeah. if you will not begrudge me, Trent Grisham, I, yeah. I'm going with Trent Grisham. Uh, screw that guy. Uh, is there a team I'm missing? <laughs> <laughs> Have I forgotten a team that the Giants no. face? No. All right. Now right, we're on the, the Dodgers. Diamondbacks. Oh, the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Yeah. That's why. It's the Diamondbacks. Uh, oh, boy. Madison Bumgarner? I mean... <laughs> Mark Mark Melanson. Oh man, can we bump can we bump Mark Melanson off? I don't think so. That's a tough one, and I don't know. The thing about Melanson is he actually always seemed like an okay guy. Like I never personally like other than that one stretching thing in like 2017, which was weird. I never got a bad vibe out of him. Interesting. It's so annoying that he was only bad when he was on the Giants. Yes, that's tough because. I we the podcast has litigated this before. <laughs> the muscle, his Mexican villa, his, his like compound in Mexico. The I fact want a compound that, in Mexico. The, the fact that none of the other bullpen people like him. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean that that was something. Uh, it's tough, and it's like, well, do I really hate Merrill Kelly? He's in he's in the Kyle Hendricks zone. It's it's sort of an ah. Uh, I think I think you got it. It's Mark Melanson. Yeah, man, that means my fury for Mark Melanson has tailed off over the years because that should have <laughs> been right there. Okay, the Dodgers now. This is the big one because I really dislike most of the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, and and the degree, it's all like they. I just get angry seeing them. So <laughs> I don't even want to think about Gavin Lux. That's. <laughs> I mean, like, and some like it's offensive that they have Phil Bickford. I think they should not be allowed to have Phil Bickford. Because he was nothing, and the Giants traded him for Will Smith, and the Brewers got rid of him, and the Dodgers were like, yeah, sure, we'll make him one of the best relievers in the league. And, the Giants, and that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, the Giants almost got back at the Dodgers with Jake McGee, but you know, Jake McGee is Jake McGeeing all over the place. So it's yeah. uh, and like Bruzar Gratterall, yeah, who like the Twins just didn't even want. Yeah, they just gave him up. They just gave him up. I they're, they're oh like, God, they're so annoying. The yeah, they're annoying. Yeah, Andrew Friedman could be on this list. A lot of people. I have to nominate it's Justin Turner for me. <laughs> no, I mean, that that's a good pick, but um, that's not my pick. Is it Max re- Muncy? Brian, I don't care for Max Muncy. <laughs> I, ju- I don't care for him. I don't know who makes... I don't know who makes more bile come out of my pores. And it comes out of my pores, which it shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but when I see Max Muncy's face... I get really angry. And when I see Justin Turner, I black out because I don't want to smell that face that he has. <laughs> you know, you can smell Justin Turner. It's yes. true. You can it's smell him through the television. Absolutely. Just, Max Muncy has the game to back up the smack talking. He also looks like James Corden. It's just a package of annoying. Justin Turner, though, he crowds the plate. He like stands on home plate. He gets he's got that stupid mark on the back from his bat black and it uh his, his stupid beard. He doesn't he got he gave COVID to like all the Dodgers after they won. Oh, he's just so gross. Like uh oh, the I just it's so hard to pick. It's so I mean, hard I, to pick. Matt, remember I think it was last year Max Muncy had his wife induced labor on a certain day so he wouldn't miss a series against the Giants. Ah, oh, it's so hard to pick between. Brian, them. I don't care for him. <laughs> I mean, 
Justin Turner has been there, has been like being, uh, that's tough. That's so hard. <laughs> should we throw this to a poll question? Maybe this should be a poll, a deciding poll question. Yeah, we have to throw this to the, we to both the have We both have our picks. I think it makes sense that it's decided by Giants fans. And it's, I think we can all agree that the Dodgers <laughs> have like a clown car, a, a clown parade trying to squeeze through the door at the same time of just generally unbearable and loathsome players. Uh, that was fun. I felt like I got some stuff out of, off my chest, to be honest. I felt great about it. And by the way, we did that whole Dodger segment. Didn't even mention Dustin May. Didn't I mean, that's that, that is depth. Yes, they have. <laughs> they have considerable depth. And we don't even have to mention Trevor Bauer. No, which but don't. they But they, they went after him. They wanted yeah. him on the team. So. Yeah. So I think if we didn't have to, we didn't do a list of the worst, the most loathsome teams, but we know the Dodgers are number one with the bullets. Exactly. (laughs) Next week, we'll be back with an alternate episode. Hopefully we'll have a substantial sampling of people's votes to decide who the most loathsome Dodger is. I want to do, like I said before, a mailbag. So send us your questions. We'll try to answer those in the segment. Otherwise I'm threatening to debut our wheel of random segment where Doug and I talk about some random subject for five to 10 minutes. And it's based on our choices of random, not yours, because you will have abdicated your, your responsibility to giving us material. So uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter at Mick Croncast, MC Croncast, or if you're on McCoveyChronicles.com, you can always put your questions in the comments below. Uh, Doug, what do you have to plug? Uh, Go to giantsdoug.substack.com. Uh, for my twice a week writing about Giants and baseball. Uh, also, like we just said, don't forget to send us your questions or else I will talk about the Ottoman Empire for five minutes. Don't think I won't. <laughs> and that's in there. That's a that's random in there. topic. That's a that's random, a random topic. topic. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, I go Giants. Yeah, go Giants. Go Giants. <laughs> <laughs>